there for that. Thank you for being a part of 514 Church today. Uh, we're so grateful that you're here and uh, that you are eager. Are you eager? We're eager, right? We're, we're, we're anticipating. We want to grow. We want to hear from God, right? I mean, that's one of the most profound uh, privileges and challenges that everyone that works on this team has is that we, we share the word of God. You know, I mean, we're, we're not making this stuff up. <laughs> we're, we're trying to find God every day, and we're trying to follow him, and we're trying to put ourselves in positions where we can really help each other and help you grow and follow Christ. And that's the mission and the vision of our church is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ where you become transformed into the likeness of Christ and uh, become what he designed you to become. And so this series is about encouragement. It's about the power and the necessity of what we say and how we live so that we can give the people around us the strength to be what they were called to be and designed to be in the name of God. And, and, and that, that's a profound, uh, uh, wonderful reality that we get to, as the church, be a part of, you know, using our words and, and whatever influence we have to, like, help form people, to, like, push people up into this calling that God has on their lives. And that's, that's what we do. And so if you've been with us, uh, I've, I've done this now for two weeks, and I've uh, been talking about encouragement. And the first week, I unpacked why we need encouragement why we need to encourage one another and why the church is supposed to be marked by encouragement, that the place, the gathering of, of the saints is supposed to be a place where people come in and maybe it's, it's, it's a desert that they're living in and they come into that oasis and they get refreshed and they get encouraged. They get inspired, they get strength and, and they get you know, promoted by somebody else. And the church is designed for that, that when you come in, to this place, you walk out, you know, recharged in a way, with a new focus and maybe a, a reminder and maybe some, you know, some strength, maybe a, uh, uh, almost like a rendezvous with the spirit of the living God. You know, when you think about the narrative of the scriptures, it's just over and over again where God does something that's really unexpected, you know, and people meet him, and you think about Abraham's story with his son and, 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 and that whole thing that took place on top of that mountain with his son, and the, and the ram gets caught in the thicket, and God shows up, man. And, you know, when God shows up in your life, like, you, you really do change. And so what's supposed to happen is, like, this is maybe a place for that, right? Like, this is like a spot, like a, like a holy place is what the, the Bible says. You know, when Moses went on top of his mountain. Was that the same mountain? Was that the same mountain, John? That's the same mountain. John's our teaching pastor, so if I have any questions, I'll just ask him in the middle of the message. But, but right? Like, you know, these mountaintop experiences, and now the Spirit has come down from the mountain. It's here, you know, and, and the burning bush. I mean, you, you see that, man, and you're changed. Well, now that's here. That's here. 
So you come into that, right? You come into this place and maybe you're just shepherding and working and laboring and toiling and doing whatever you do. But then you come in here and you, you, you see God. You, something can happen for you because God wants it to. So that's why you come to get encouraged. And, and the, the, the reason you need it more than, than ever is because the Bible is emphatic about how broken the world is and how it's full of sin it's full of death. You know, it's full of illness. It's full of evil. And so we are all on this kind of obstacle course, if you will. And your job is really hard. And a great marriage is hard work. It's, I mean, you know, you, you don't just have a great marriage like, well, I ordered a great marriage and it didn't show up. Like, you, you, you just don't have one, right? Like, you, you make it great. And, and every time that it's great, if you, if, you re, you know, if you reverse engineer it, you go, well, that's why. Look how hard they worked. Look what they came through. You know, that, that's what makes it great. Because there's a bunch of obstacles you have to overcome in order to have a great relationship. And so, you, you know, you need, like, tons of encouragement because this world is an obstacle course, there's some uh, great passages in the Bible where Paul is encouraging the churches. And I, I was in 1 Thessalonians this week and reading about his encouragement. He said to the Thessalonians, he said, I was like a father to you, and I encouraged you. And in the context of the scripture, he's talking about how, you know, you now, because you're in Christ, you, <clears throat> you have a different way of living life. And you're not supposed to be moved, motivated, inspired, and drawn out by sin, by, the, by kind of just the temptations that are really low-graded things. You're supposed to be a human who have desires, but they're shaped and honed by the spirit of the living God, you know? So when you just kind of go with whatever comes first, if you don't have Christ come into your life, then you're in trouble, right? So he's like, you're not supposed to just fly off the handle and do whatever is sinful. And he's like, so you need each other and you need to like love one another. And he says, I encouraged you because of the world and all of the sin and all of the potential pitfalls that you're gonna have. So I encouraged you like a father. In his own way, he's like, life is an obstacle course. There's gonna be sin, there's gonna be people, there's gonna be problems, there's gonna be evil, there's gonna be sickness, there's gonna be illness, there's gonna be disagreements, there's gonna be financial fallout, and every single one of us are going through that, and it's like you walk into church and you're just dragging that baggage with you, and what church can do, what the spirit of the living God in the church does, is it says to you, let me help. I want to help you bear that load. I want to help you. Maybe you don't need that in there. You know, maybe let's get that out of your life. That, that's weighing you down. Whatever it is, right? I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're here today. And I, I hope that when you come to church, what you do is you come as a vessel, you know, like wanting to be filled up with what God can do. I'll tell you, I'm here today. Because I sat in a room like this, man, and God spoke through the pastor, and my spirit came alive. And I don't know, that might be the greatest gift I ever got in my life. 
Because without articulation, nobody wrote it down for me. Nobody, nobody sent me a letter. It wasn't like in the Bible. It was, it was the Bible, but it wasn't in there. I felt a true north, some type of, you know, magnetic pull towards Jesus. And if you get that clarity, man, your life is going to be different forever. Your life is just going to be different forever. You're just pursuing Jesus. At some point, I'm going to get to the message. But that, that's, that's why you need encouragement. And that's what encouragement does, right? And, and so last week, we talked about like the nature of encouragement and how we are specifically gifted and we're called to use our words, to use our words because words create worlds. And we need to get really good at articulating what is encouragement. And we talked about how it's ver verbal sunshine. It's not just praise. It's not you look pretty. It's not, you know, just talking about a completed task. But what, what uh, encouragement does is it really appreciates effort and it really sees the world as a process, not just a final destination. And so encouragers, they're, 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 they're Christian, who, Christian people who have perspective of the world. And they know that like there's a, there's a uh, you know, a summit that you're going to. And so the Christian life, and we'll talk about this next week, is a little bit like that, right? Like you go up, and then, you know, if you've ever climbed like a mountain or whatever, trail, up a mountain, you get to those clearings, you know, where there's like a flat spot and you look out and you observe. So, so an encourager knows that you're on one of those landings or, or in between them, you know? And so the encourager is like, man, you, you look how far you've come. Now, I, I'm just being general. Like, this isn't the exact way to say it. Look how far you've come, and you, look, you, can, you can keep going. Wait till, you get, wait till you get there. So that kind of is what encouragement is. It says, I see you. you did, you've done good work, and you got more to go. And so encouragement understands that, and it builds that kind of um, desire for more into people as opposed to shutting them down. And so you really have to get specific and strategic with your voice. Did anybody just by a show of hands have any kind of experimentation with encouragement this week because of that message? Just raise your hand, yeah? Just kind of just use it. And what we did was we talked about how so little can go so far. And this is the part that's crazy. Is it's, it is like a secret sauce, man. It's like... It is a secret sauce. Like, it, it will do something for your relationships. It will give people fuel. You know, it's like in Back to the Future 2 when he gets the infusion thing and then he comes back and he opens the thing and he throws a banana and an old beer can in there and that's all he needs for fuel for like the next three days. That's what encouragement's like. I heard Quentin Tarantino say that Back to the Future is the perfect movie. So put that in your pipe. I don't know what that means. That, that, is, that is a profound statement from Quentin. I'm, I call him Quentin. Um, and so today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about how you strategically position yourself or understand who you are and who you need to be in order to do, in, to do encouragement well. 
and, and we need to understand that what we're talking about is we're talking about how to relate to one another successfully. Because if encouragement is I say something to some other person, how does what I have to say, if I've done my work or whatever, and I've got something to say, how do I make sure that the person that I'm saying it to receives it well and it's effective on the other side? That's what we're gonna talk about today. I've talked about at church my love for coffee. You know, I did a whole thing that I was criticized by my staff for it took way too much time. I talked about the spin coffee maker. I, I did like a whole Easter thing on it. It was, it was way too much. And, and, and I even flew to California to meet the CEO. Yeah. So I'm into coffee, right? I love my coffee, and so are you, but I have this spin coffee maker, and so it just, it just romanticizes the coffee experience. I wake up every morning, I hit a button on my phone, and my coffee starts to grind and brew using centrifugal force, and it's the best cup of coffee, I would say generally in all of New Albany, maybe broader, but it's the best around, and, uh, and I love that. And there's just something that's, you know, amazing, right? Can we all raise our hand if we absolutely love our, our first cup of coffee in the morning? Raise our hands. Look at this. I think, I think that it's the most consumed and loved drink in the world. I think I read somewhere that like, you know, five billion people a day drink coffee. That's crazy. Five billion people are doing that. That's how good it is. And, and so I love coffee, but, you know, there's something that hit me as I was prepping for, you know, how to consume coffee. Because I really believe that if you think about coffee, what is under-celebrated is the coffee cup. We all love coffee so much, and it is impossible to consume without a cup. I don't know any person who has ever just put their face under a coffee waterfall. Like, if you don't have the cup, you don't have the coffee. You don't. You just can't. Now, you can have cold brew, but that's kind of, you know, that's... That's not real coffee. You know, that's like a, that's an amalgamation or whatever. That's like a, that's a trend, if you will. All right? If, you know, if the apocalypse comes and we can't have ice, we'll still have fire. Um, so we're going to have coffee, but, you know, so you don't, you have to have the cup. You have to have the cup. And in, in encouragement, what I want to tell you is that if coffee is the goods and it's the thing that you need, it can't be delivered without relationship. And so one way to think about it is more specifically is not just relationship, but I would say friendship. So you cannot consume the coffee without the cup. You can't have encouragement from you or give it to someone without friendship. Friendship is the key to encouragement. 
Truth without relationships or encouragement without relationships is harsh, it's painful, and it's damaging. Isn't that true? If you think about hot coffee, if you just kind of splash it on somebody, that's not a good scenario. Well, I know that's kind of silly, but it's actually what people do when they think that the nature of the quality of the coffee transcends the necessity of a good relationship, of a good cup. You have to have both together. If you don't, then you miss the whole experience. Relationship without truth is empty, right? So relationship without encouragement, if you just have the cup, you don't have the coffee. If you just have the coffee and don't have the cup, then you kind of have this level, thin reality that is not going to actually um, facilitate encouragement. So here's, here's what I'm saying. Genuine encouragement comes through genuine friendship. It comes through genuine friendship. Because encouragement, if we, if we take encouragement and we heighten it, maybe we, we, um, we amplify its, its uh, the word I'm looking for is definition. If we amplify the definition of encouragement, then you might just call it truth, right? And, and so the Bible has a lot to say about truth and how you're supposed to communicate it. And one of the things it says in multiple books where it's talking to people who are Christian brothers and sisters is it says that you do need to speak the truth to one another. You do need to encourage one another. Encouragement and truth-telling in love. You're supposed to do it in love. And so if you just stop for a second, a lot of times what people think when they hear that is, I have some truth, and I love you so much, or I love me so much, that I'm going to say it, regardless of the receptivity of the person on the other end. Well, that's not what any of those verses mean. When it says, speak the truth in love, it means that you speak the truth well in the context of love. That's when you should do it. Speak the truth in a relationship that has genuine friendship, that has genuine trust. Now, look, there's a time for like truth telling and prophetic and say it. And, you know, like this is a context for that, right? Like I'm not friends with all of you, but you come in here and there's an agreement, right? I, I, you're like, we're going to hear what he has to say. And if you don't like it, then you don't come back. And if you want to hear more, you come here more. And you're like, open, that's the disposition. But that's not the way friendships are. Friendships are different. So if you start to break this down a little bit, relationship without truth leads to shallow sentimentality. We've kind of talked about this. Truth without relationship, it generates pressure, then friction, and eventually disillusionment or pride. But relationship without truth kind of does its own nasty thing. Relationship without truth, right? Just a thin, gross, artificial relationship. Now, what I'm getting at is, in your friendships, I would, I would argue with you that you don't have real friendships if, they call, if you call someone a friend. It's not real if there's not truth that's exchanged, if there's not encouragement that's taking place. 
if it doesn't become real and gritty and there's not an exchange of stuff that matters. If I'm just talking to you about the weather, you're not, we're not friends. That's not a bad thing, but that's not a friend to me. A friend to me is someone who I believe exists to um, experience me because they enjoy me and I enjoy them. And there's a mutual respect between both of us. And over time with trust, what happens is, is you share more. You share more topics. You share more um, uh, details. You, you, you share more insights through this building of trust that takes place. And so, you know, for me to have a friend with somebody, to be a friend with somebody, that, that friendship, it kind of comes with a little bit of, like, difficulty for it to be good. You know, it's like I have some friends who, um, you know, I've spent time getting to know them, and there's lots of things that we like, but, you know, we've never said anything challenging to each other. Have you ever been there? Like, where you've never, like, said, like, hey, have you thought about, like, don't say that or when you do that, whatever. Like, you go where there, and then you're kind of afraid to go there. And then you, you know, you, you spend more time with them, and then you go there, right? Hey, can I just tell you that, like, when you say that, here's how it makes me feel. Like, even if you're really good at conversation, and you know it's a risk. It's like, okay, we'll see if this, this could be the end of our friendship, because I just said something that's potent. And it might be hard to hear, but really most of the time I've had friendships like that and when we go there, it just amplifies the friendship because something happened before that and I wanna make sure that everybody in here is prepping themselves for encouragement because if your life is full of obstacles and challenges and it's really difficult and you need encouragement and people are supposed to say words to you, if you don't have the kind of setup for the exchange to take place, you'll never get all the stuff we're talking about. So uh, to, put it, uh, to put it a certain way is we need to study friendship. You know, I'm, I'm gonna do, we're gonna do a little this morning, but we need to, I think one of the things about growing up, because this is something that just hit me, is some of the common things that we do all the time, we suddenly like fully recognize we're doing them. You know, so like you go through life and you have friends and you're immature and it's, it's kind of fun and then when it's not fun, you don't work hard at it. But then like you, you, you realize like, this is a friend of mine. Like this is a person that like I'm gonna invest you know, like, and you grow up. And when you love somebody, like, you read the four love languages, you read that book, and then you find out, like, what they love. And then you're like, I'm gonna give them what they love. I'm not a gift giver. I have a friend who is a gift giver. I know this because they've given me gifts. And so I'm like, what am I gonna do? I wanna tell this person I appreciate them. So, you know, I had a moment, right? A moment where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do like four things well. I'm gonna try to be a good, you know, leader at this church and, pre and pastor. I'm gonna try to be a great husband. I'm gonna try to be a great father. And then I was like, and I'm gonna be a great friend. 
And you know, and like you, you, you just pick those things and you're like intentional about them and it just changes everything. So I got this one friend a gift and I, they liked me more afterwards. I mean, it was just like really something, you know, because I made a decision. And, and this friend and I have had conversations that are really hard. I've had this person tell me some things that kept me up at night. And the next day it made me stronger. And so we need to study friendship. So first of all, just to, just to make sure before we, before we jump there, you have to, if you're gonna be a good friend, you have to know some truth. You gotta know some truth. You know what I mean? Like, like if all you do is take from a friend, you won't be their friend very long. So your job is to grow. You know, like you need to learn some stuff, like a lot of stuff. You need to be in the constant state of growing and learning and caring so that you have some coffee to offer. You got something to say. Great friends have things to say to you that help you. And so when you start to like think about what you know, you gotta know some things. Another way to put it is to be a great friend, and this is a little bit of a nuanced way of saying is, is you better get your stuff together. You better get your house in order. You know, I don't wanna spend too much time on this, but it is almost like, it is like anti-good, it is like self-sabotage to not develop the friendship enough to say the truth that's harsh that you figured out when your stuff's not together. You will just ruin everything you had up until that point. Who are you, man? Who are you? I mean, Jesus talked about this a lot. Take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of someone else's. You know, like if you are gonna say something, you need to learn some real stuff. You need to, you know, take notes of your experiences. You need to, you need to know theology. You know, if you're gonna come to someone and talk to them about God, you better know something. You gotta have something to say. It's like, you know, you don't export the goods if they're no good. You gotta have something good before you export it. Have something to say, and, and, and I'm not gonna, be, you know, wisdom, logic. You need to test what you think. You need to study, you need to read. You need to hopefully go on a journey with a friend and like challenge one another so that you can know what you think, and before you pass that along, you actually have something to say. And then if you don't, you don't. It's okay to say to somebody if you're in a friendship, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I don't have any wisdom on that. A great friend might say something like, maybe you should go talk to somebody who knows more about that. That's a great friend. You need to gain some skill and gain some the theology so that you have something to say. You know, the Bible is the truth, and that's profound. And so you, you, if you wanna be, this is crazy, right, crazy. You wanna be a great friend? You better start to understand the Bible. I mean, that's crazy. You wanna be a great friend? You better make it a, a personal priority 
to learn the scriptures and know the narrative and know what God is up to. I mean, how are you going to know what to say? How are you going to help somebody? So again, it's not just any coffee. This is good coffee. This morning I drove from Worcester. I got up real early. My son had his, has a basketball tournament in Worcester, and the mini mart was the only thing that's open. And I went in there, and I got a large cup of coffee, and it was awful. I spewed it out of my mouth. I am not kidding. It was so bad. I was so tired. I didn't have anything to eat, and I, and I had this mini mart coffee, and it was gross, and I put half and half in it and a little bit of vanilla, and it still was gross. Just made it, and it was bad. You gotta, you gotta upgrade your beans. You gotta upgrade your beans. You know, don't go trying to fix the world around you when your life's falling apart. Get your stuff together, man. Figure out what you think, do what you think, and then you can transport that good stuff in a relationship onto somebody else. Don't just use the opportunity because your friend trusts you and they start with trust and your pride is swelled because they asked you a question to just say some random stuff that causes more problems for people. Think about what you know and then share it. So we have to study friendship. We have to know some truth. And then the Bible says this about friendships and people. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Now, this speaks volumes about the nature of friendship. It implies that when you're in a friendship, you want to sharpen somebody and you want to be sharpened. You want to be sharpened. And so I think that's an interesting take on it, right? Again, get your stuff together, um, but also know that you need someone to help you get your stuff together. Also know that the reason you're in the friendship is two are better than one, and you care about this person and you trust them enough, and you're gonna let them affect you. Now, when you go into friendships, have you thought about it that strategically? Like, do you ask this question? I wanna be friends with this person, because I do want to affect their world and impact their life, and I want to celebrate the things we mutually enjoy, but also, I want that person to affect me and change me. That, that is a big question you have to answer before you enter into a friendship with somebody. And if you look at a person and you're like, I don't want them to rub off on me, I don't want to know what they know, then don't be friends with them. Because part of iron sharpening iron is going, I like where they're going. We have some mutual things we respect and enjoy. And then I want to like go to the next landing with that person. So like I want that person to help me. You know, I want that person's insight. You might think of it this way. If you have a problem at your house, you hire someone to fix that problem. So just, just kind of blow that concept up and think, who's the kind of person I think would be really helpful to me? And that's not to just get something from them. That's because you realize you want to be impacted and you want to grow and you want to change. We have to think and study friendship. You know, as a parent, this is like a major piece, like teaching your kids how to be good friends, how to share in the sandbox, 
how to not pick on somebody. Oh, you know, it's like, don't pick on them because that hurts their feelings. No, don't pick on them because if you do that, you won't have them around anymore. If you are rude to people, <laughs> then you won't have any friends. So you're teaching your kids, be kind, be nice, be, share, become a good friend, become, become the kind of person that people want to be around. The point, the point of friendship beyond the kind of supernatural and the implied and intrinsic reality of being uh, communal beings made in the image of God, male, female together, husband, wife in friendship, children and parents in friendship, neighbors in friendship, and all of the intangibles and tangibles that come from the design that God made, you know, that we're grapes, not marbles. We're connected in so many ways. But the point of this type of friendship when it comes to encouragement is change. Is change. Change takes place when truth is presented in relationship. Maximum growth in Christian maturity occurs when truth is presented in the context of relationship. And so what relationship does is it cuts holes through defensive, through defensive layers by reducing the core fear, thereby opening people to the truth. So let me just kind of give you this picture and we'll close it down because I'm really gonna be done on time today. You know, your obstacles in one way, shape, or form are like your fears. You know, it's like an understood problem that you have or you don't know, but it's holding you back. It's the obstacle, fear, the thing that's in the way. Maybe it's, maybe it's good fear, like maybe you should be afraid, but it's, sure, it's an obstacle, you know, or maybe it's not, and you, you need someone to help clarify it. And then encouragement becomes truth. And this is simple, but I think it should be helpful. If you don't have a broken layer, then when that truth comes through and you haven't built friendship, it just splashes and it just goes nowhere. But when you start to build relationship with somebody, then it kind of opens up. No, that may not work. It kind of opens. Oh, yeah, that's bad. This is bad. This is not going as I planned. It opens it up. Yeah, this is really bad. So just imagine this being a dotted line. And there's potential for the message to get in there and speak to the fear. Because when it comes down to it, what a relationship that's built on friendship is, is that your truth is the love you have for somebody speaking to someone's fear. The truth that you have is the love. You care. So you don't just know some stuff, you know them. And you want to import something into their life that helps them, man, that helps them grow. It helps them like they become something new because you love them enough to speak into their fear and you gave them encouragement. You gave them courage to move forward. And the beauty of this is this leads to exposure without rejection, which is the bedrock for encouragement. I want you to hear what I just said and then I'm gonna close this down. It's the bedrock for encouragement. Exposure without rejection. You all have obstacles. You all have sin. If you have a true friendship with someone who is caring about you, they're studying you, they're studying friendship, and you open up the access into your fears, then what you're doing is you're being vulnerable and you're showing the, the broken, you're showing the dark, you're showing the sin, you're showing the problems, you're showing, you know, you, everybody thinks you have it all together, right? But then you're like, dude, if you knew what was going on at my office, you'd be like, wow, they got some problems. 
This is the kind of relationship where it's like, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, like, what the problem is. And what happens in the context of true friendship, when the goods get imported, is you and your friend are holding hands around the darkness that lies in your heart. And your friend doesn't step away. And your friend doesn't shame you. Your friend holds your hand and squeezes it tighter and goes, that's hard. Let's pray about that. Let's talk about that. How can I help you with that? Exposure without rejection. You're never going to get into that part of their life if you don't study friendship, get really good at it, and therefore we will never be able to encourage each other the way that God intended us to. Sharpen one another. Exchange. Grow. Ask for it. Give it. Be intentional. I have some friends that I have this with. And I have one friend in particular who lives in a different country who believes in some things we totally disagree on, some things we completely agree on, this person's going through challenges uh, that I can't even comprehend. So much pain, illness in, in multiple ways, family dysfunction, uh, and this person is hurting all the time. All the time. And I'm a pastor. And this person found our church through David McCreary's YouTube videos hanging upside down. And uh, they reached out, and they didn't really believe. And, and since I've talked to them, they've gone from believing in Jesus to not believing in Jesus to believing in Jesus to not believing in Jesus. And we have got to this place. This person told me, and this is just an example. This person told me that they don't believe in Jesus anymore one time. And they said, will you still talk to me if I don't believe in Jesus? And I said, whether you believe in Jesus or not, we're still going to be friends. And, and I just said that. I, said, I still want to be your friend. I still want to, like, help you. And, and so we're still friends. And this person said that they're moving back towards God because no one ever heard their deepest, darkest secrets, exposed them to somebody that they trusted, and had that person say, I see you, I care, I want to help. That's the power of this. That's the power of it. So, encouragement. I want you to be a part of a story where you've become such good friends that you can speak the truth in love. You can say something that might be hard at times. It might be difficult to hear. It might be just, you know, sheer enthusiasm, whatever it is. But I would love to be a part of you to be a part of a story where this is not just me up here talking. Like, this is like, you became friends, you got skilled, you gave a present, you talked to him, you exchanged the goods, you had both parts, and because of that, it was enjoyable, it was life, it was new, it was fresh. The beauty of this is this right here, that picture, that's Christ. That's Christ. The truth in human form, approachable, look you in the eyes, 
listen, sit with the woman at the well, sit with Matthew, the tax collector, sit, love, call out, offer new opportunities, engage in intimate relationship, and then he could say anything and their lives were changed. So that's the message. I encourage you all to become a holistic, wonderful cup of coffee. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the picture of encouragement. Help us to speak the truth in love, but help us not to skip the love part, God. Help us to build real friendships, God, and help us not to be thinking about how many friends, followers, whatever, but maybe like four face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball friends that we can really know and make a difference through. Help us to move into that, that territory of what it means to be human. Help us to maybe find somebody who we can expose and, and be vulnerable and not experience rejection. Some of us need some help, some insight, some eyes, and some people around us need us to be that. And Father, we thank you so much for being the, the ultimate encourager a father to his children who moves into our space, fills us with joy, fills us with hope, gives us direction, lifts up our arms, strengthens, encourages us all the time. We want to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey everyone, we are so glad that you hung out with us today. Uh, We would love to connect with you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to hear from you. So please text hi to the number on the screen and we can't wait to see you soon.